0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our featured guest today is Daryl Lester. He's author of the book. The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearing House. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our advertising sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California decision toolbox smart business magazine succession strategies and our newest sponsor center club the goal for this show is to help our listening audience of ceos running middle market firms to improve your decision making skills and also to bring you interesting and thoughtful guests who can help you learn a little bit about a many different things and daryl lester author of the naked truth about publishers clearing house is just such such a guest so stay tuned we'll be back after these commercial words to get into the interview with daryl lester
0: commercial bank of california or cbc is a well-funded full-service bank located in the heart of orange county When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs. For entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I said at the open, Daryl Lester, the author of The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearinghouse, is our featured guest on the program today. Daryl, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Rick. Uh, Thank you for having me on your show.
1: Well, before we talk about the book and your experiences with Publishers Clearinghouse, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background, kind of what you did before your time with Publishers Clearinghouse
3: and your time writing your book? Well, absolutely. uh Absolutely. you know, before I started at TCH, I was a college student, so uh, I started at uh, Publishers Clearinghouse when I was a young kid right out of college, basically, in 1973, and it was my first real job, and uh, it ended up, I worked there for 30 years, and I made my way to uh, virtually the very top of the company, and I retired, when I retired, I was a senior vice president and officer of the company. Uh, and was involved in all of their decisions, good or bad. So how
1: long have you been retired from Publishers Clearinghouse? I've
3: been retired about 10 years now.
1: Okay, so is it safe to say that 40 years ago is when you first got hired by Publishers Clearinghouse? That is correct. Wow, that's uh, a long time. You know our audience are middle market CEOs and business owners. Some of them may... Uh, well, I don't want to say they weren't even alive for 40 years, but some of them might be on the younger side of that curve. But anyway, it's interesting that you had such a storied career. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the company? I understand that it's private, but tell us about Publisher Clearinghouse roots.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it's very interesting because everybody has heard of Publisher's Clearinghouse. However, what how the company did what they did and all of their business strategies, everything was a secret. The company actually started in the basement of Harold Murch's home in nineteen fifty three. He was older at the time, he was in his fifties and he's since passed away. But he started the company in his basement. And he grew the company, believe it or not. When I started there in nineteen seventy three, the company was about Uh, 20 years old at the time and it was still a small mom-and-pop company with maybe uh, 75 employees but we grew the company to be one of the most profitable private companies in the entire country and what I can tell you is we didn't even tell our employees what was going on behind those uh, scenes there we kept everything a secret What
1: was the business model, or what is the business model, uh, Publishers Clearinghouse?
3: Well, when he started the company in 1953, uh, basically magazines used to be sold door-to-door back then, uh, and one at a time. And Harold Mercer's idea was that he was going to bundle magazines together in a group. Rather than selling them one at a time, he was going to bundle them together and give the consumer the option to order one or more of a bunch of magazines and also instead of selling it door to door he decided he would use the united states postal service and that was the first company to ever do that Really? so So that was his initial business model which was uh... it was genius
1: it is and and, um, until i had your book until now we have you on the radio show i was unaware of that and i think you're absolutely right. I I can't take a real-time test of my audience to see how many people least know the brand, but I'm going to say, a- as you said, virtually everyone has heard of Publishers Clearinghouse, but until you just told us what happened, I don't know how many of my audience really understood how the company got started, certainly who the founder was. Um, can, can you talk about your experience, Daryl Lester, during your 30-year career at Publishers Clearinghouse?
3: Well, as I said, I started as a young college kid. I knew nothing about the business world. Absolutely nothing. Uh, and I just it just so happened I walked into the doors looking for a job and got this job. Didn't know anything about the company at the time. And as I said, I put in 30 years there. Uh, we, I went through 25 years of the greatest experience you could possibly have in business. Uh, and I call it a roller coaster ride. It was 25 years for me personally of uh, growth up and the company doing well, incredibly well. Uh, the company actually grew every year for the first 50 years in its existence, and most years it grew by 10, 20, 30, 40% every year. Wow. However, the roller coaster ride hit its peak after my 25 years there and my last five years. Was the ride down, and we hit a uh, we hit a brick wall basically, and overnight uh, the company went from being, as I said, uh, one of the most profitable private companies in the entire country, to uh, the brink of bankruptcy, and we went into that overnight basically. So um, we're
1: talking with Daryl Lester. Uh, uh, he is the author of the Naked Truth. About Publishers Clearing House here on Critical Mass Radio Show, a- and I wonder if you could help us to understand the original business model. How long was that uh, a viable, and what happened that caused such a dramatic turnaround, turned down, I should say, in the business?
3: Okay. Well, as I said, uh, the company went through fifty years of incredible growth from 1953 until uh, basically uh, the end of around ni- well, 1998 is when we hit the wall. And, uh, of course, sweepstakes was one of the reasons why the company became so well-known, our millionaire winners, etc., etc., et cetera, and that helped our growth dramatically. Uh, and the wall that we hit in the late 1990s when our uh, sales dropped by 50%, thats 5 5-0, 50% overnight in a 24-hour period. It just, the bottom dropped out. And the, the challenge that we faced was that we were being charged with deceptive advertising. Uh, and I talk a lot about it in the book. And right. I give the pros and the cons uh, about uh, whether PCH was doing the right thing or not. But we basically, or we, publishers Clearing clearinghouse, was sued. But let's just say this: We had more lawsuits against Publishers Clearing House than any other company in history.
1: Is that uh, what caused the the revenue and the growth to stop and the business to turn down? Was this well, perception? What
3: happened was the the lawsuits caused the press to get a hold of it, and we also had more negative publicity than any other company in history, including. Things like the oil spill back several years ago, the uh, uh, BP oil spill. Right. I give information in my book. We had more negative publicity than even that oil spill had. Uh, so we had more negative publicity about Publishers Clearinghouse than any other company in history. And that was part of my roller coaster ride down with the company.
1: Okay, so I'm talking with Daryl Lester. He's the author of The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearing House and we're going to take a quick commercial time out here on the radio program. Daryl, when we come back, I want to get into the book a little bit more and I want you to talk about your inspiration and the motivation behind writing this book. So ladies okay. and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Daryl Lester after
2: these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret with 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers. For over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's US-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information.
4: If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated, with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Daryl Lester, author of The Naked Truth About Publisher Clearinghouse, is our guest today. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on radio station octalkradio.net. Or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, our latest site Spreaker.com, which is spelled S P R E A K E R.com. I'd suggest you check it out. And other business-oriented podcasting services. Daryl, let's before we get to talking about your book, can you help me to understand, and maybe my audience, what was the impetus, the cause for these lawsuits against Publishers Clearinghouse?
3: Well, there actually was a single event that happened in late 1999 that caused what I call an avalanche of negative publicity and lawsuits. And it was an elderly gentleman, Richard Lusk, that uh, flew, actually didn't fly, he uh, no he did fly actually. He flew from Southern California to Tampa, Florida to collect his $10 million from our competitor which was American Family Publishers. Uh, That was the company that Ed McMahon was the spokesperson for, and he flew there to collect his winnings, and he didn't, of course, win. And, you know, there's a whole movie about that. The new movie that was out several months ago, Nebraska, is uh, about an elderly gentleman that takes a drive to collect his winnings. So that behind the scenes was the reason that it got the publicity from uh, the news media and the attorney generals and it turned out that this elderly gentleman was what we've coined uh, a new addiction he was addicted to sweepstakes and there are older consumers who are addicted to sweepstakes just like you can be addicted to drugs or alcohol and that's what caused all the lawsuits about deceptive advertising and all of the negative publicity that single event cause that avalanche.
1: Well, wow. for any middle market CEO who's listening either live or maybe as a podcast on one of our podcasting outlets, if your company's ever been involved in any type of legal action, you can know how defocusing it can be for the executive team because of the amount of time that it takes to defend yourself. I can't imagine, in the case of Publishers Clearinghouse, when there would be multiple an avalanche, I think you said earlier, Daryl, what that might have done to the leadership as far as you know, distracting them from the day-to-day business operations.
3: Yeah, we were, in fact, we were sued by every single state attorney general. Every single one of them sued Publishers Clearinghouse at the same time. Wow. that—that. That so w- you can imagine what that did <laughs> and the chaos that it caused at, at our company. So, so that leads me to the next
1: question, and, and that's the inspiration and motivation behind the book. Is that what caused you to want to write this book, or, or why did you want to take the time to tell the story, the naked truth about
3: Publishers Clearinghouse? Well, good question. I've been asked that a lot. You know, I never actually intended to write a book, but I had worked there for 30 years. I retired at a relatively young age. I just decided I, I you know, I wanted to stop. And after a couple of years, I, I I just said to myself, the, the, it's a Fascinating story that nobody knows. There, is, there are so many secrets that even our own employees didn't know about. Uh, and they're all, as I said, fascinating, interesting, and I decided I had to put the story to pen and write it. And, a matter of fact, I wrote the story despite the threat of a lawsuit by my former company. It was just too good a story for it not to be told. And uh, there are some people who have read it who have told me, uh, some high-level uh, advertising executives have told me, it's the greatest marketing story of the 20th century.
1: Wow. So help, help, give us a tease. You say there are secrets and things that even the employees were not aware of. Can you think of an, uh, something that's in your book that the audience would find kind of indicative of the type of information that you're revealing in your book?
3: Well, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you a good one, and then I'll give you a bad one. Okay. A positive one and a negative one. I'll give you the positive one first. The founders, the Mertz family, nobody has ever heard of them. Believe it or not, the company made so much money, and they became so wealthy, uh, they became, and this has been disclosed in my book for the first time ever, the Mertz family became one of the top, 20 most philanthropic families in the entire country behind names like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. They actually gave away to charity almost a billion dollars, one billion dollars over their lifetime. Wow, that is... That's a secret that nobody knows. Wow. Okay. That is a good one. So tell us the other one, Daryl. Okay, so that's a positive one. Now I'll give you the negative one. The odds of winning. Uh, What are the odds of winning? When I was there, the news media used to joke all the time that it was probably more likely that you'd be struck by lightning than win the Publisher's Clearinghouse Prize. We hated when we heard them say that. And the odds of winning had been, for many, many years, a deep, dark secret. However, uh, in the late 1990s, as part of the lawsuits and the legal action and the Senate hearings on sweepstakes, which we were involved in, there were new laws, and you now have to give the odds of winning. So the odds of winning today are... Are you sitting down, Rick? I am, yeah. The odds of winning the big prize at PCH... Is not very good. It's more likely that you get struck by lightning not just once, but several times. Oh my God! Then win the PCH prize. Today, the odds of winning the big prize is one point two billion to one. It, why? It,
1: uh, uh, so that gives me back to the you know, uh, uh, my engine and I were talking during the last commercial break that you know we're of the age where we remember the getting it in the mail. We remember you know, sending it back and anticipating the possibility of winning. Did, was there a huge national response to the campaign? I mean, did they get... That, that, that must, they got so many responses back.
3: Well, I can tell you, consumers love sweepstakes, uh, and they love big prizes. Uh you know when the lottery gets to really big numbers people start lining up to get their lottery tickets. Right. I can tell you there was a time when we were doing our sweepstakes in our peak when we first started the $10 million prize and that was back in the 1990s. We would get believe it or not, believe it or not, 2 million responses a day for weeks on end of consumers entering the contest. So sweepstakes is a very powerful promotional tool for companies. And I'll tell you what, one interesting story that's in the book that not, that really nobody knows except some, a handful of people at PCH. The very first contest at PCH was in 1967, and uh, I wasn't there, but I've been told the story. PCH tested sweepstakes for the first time. There were no real other sweepstakes around at the time, Uh and PCH tried the sweepstakes, and it gave him a really nice result. And Harold Murray's called his management team together. Now, once again, this was in 1967. There were probably only 30 people in the company. He called The founder called his management team together. I think there were eight of them, the eight senior people. And he called them into his office, and he said to them, after he read the test results of the, the sweepstakes test, he said, who in this room wants to ruin my business by doing sweepstakes? Raise your hand. I'm, and I'm quoting Harold Marx there. Uh, and the story is that there was one person who was brave enough to raise his hand, and it was a gentleman named John Minnick, who much, much later became a president of PCH for a short time. But he gave the argument that the test was powerful and let's continue to do the sweepstakes. Hmm. And Harold Mertz said, okay, let's give it a go, Uh, even though he was worried about it. And that's really the single thing that made PCH go from a mom-and-pop company to being a ultra-profitable, powerful uh, marketer is the sweepstakes. Wow.
1: Uh, We're going to talk about the winners after the next commercial break. I'm not there yet. I wanted to ask you, what kind of response or criticism did you get after the book was published?
3: I've gotten great, great responses. People have loved it. Uh, People have told me they couldn't put it down. Uh, uh, Employees of PCH especially love it because they've told me they've learned all these new things. I even have a former president of PCH wrote me and told me even he learned things he didn't know about. Wow. Uh, I like to sort of say even the president was insulated from what went on in the ranks and file. But since I grew up from the bottom and made my way to the top, I knew everybody from the cleaning crew on up to the president. So I just knew everything that was going on there. It so, was, a f- it was fun, fun to write.
1: Last question before our next commercial break, uh, and I'm talking with Daryl Lester, and we're talking about his book, The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearinghouse. What's the overall message behind your book, Daryl?
3: The overall message? Huh? You know, I haven't been asked that question before. You know, it's just a fun read. The management team at Publishers Clearinghouse was wild and eccentric. Uh, and those two adjectives would be an understatement. Uh, I'll give you one example of a story in the book when a senior manager gave his presentation at a meeting in his underwear uh, in a coonskin hat carrying a chainsaw, uh, a chainsaw in his underwear uh, and that's the way he gave his 30-minute presentation. Uh, It was a wild and eccentric management team. It was great fun. Uh, It was a great company for a time and we hit our brick wall and I guess the overall message is when you work It's okay to have fun at the same time.
1: Sounds like it. I was hoping that that manager was wearing boxers boxers and not briefs, but we won't go there right now. I'm talking with Daryl Lester about his book, The Naked Truth, about Publishers Clearinghouse. We're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Daryl to tell us the truth about those winners, quote-unquote. So hold on. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial
5: sponsors. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com.
2: Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104.
1: back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to let you know that if you're interested in reaching CEOs of middle market firms, that 98% of our audience are business owners and executives, and they listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm would like to reach these decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. We delivered over 35,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. To learn more, contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. 951-515-4661. All right, let's return to our guest. Darrell Lester. He is the author of *The Naked Truth* about Publishers Clearinghouse. All right, Darrell. So, settle it once and for all. Did people win the sweepstakes each year?
3: They did, actually. Uh, I've met many of the winners. We used to fly them in to New York and uh, wine and dine them. And uh, although the odds are very long about winning, uh, there are big winners every year uh... some of the interesting things in the book although you know many of the big winners people have heard of like my cover is the uh... the eighteen-year-old gal who opened her door when dave sayer of the prize patrol knocked on her door to surprise her with the ten million dollars or her mom actually she answered the door she's an eighteen-year-old gal from missouri that answered the door as i say naked dripping wet wrapped in a towel and that's the cover of my book but those are the stories that people know. There are many stories of winners who we don't like to publicize. Like there was a, a winner from Texas who uh, worked on an oil rig and he won the big prize. It was back in the 70s actually. And he went on a binge. He binged on drugs and hookers and he ended up in jail. So there are some winners that don't do well with the money and uh, many winners that do well with the money. But yes, we do award the money. So. Uh, t-
1: I guess, uh, intellectually, I'm having a little difficulty understanding how the odds would be so high. Earlier, um, I had the number written down here as 1.2 billion. I believe that's what you said. The odds of winning are 1.2 billion, 1 and The one well, now,
3: billion. yes, that's correct. So uh, how how could they
1: award a prize? I mean, how many people, how many entrants did they have? Or what, what drove the numbers, the odds, so high uh, if, in fact, there was an award
3: every year? Well, I can tell you that when I was there, uh, and that was a little over 10 years ago, the odds were not as bad as they are today. Uh, When I actually looked up the odds today when I was writing the book, I was actually very disappointed to see the odds were so terrible. Uh, And interesting, that first test I told you about in 1967, the odds of winning the big prize then was 1 in 10. Oh, my God in 1967. So the odds today have gotten much worse. And what happens, Rick, though, is uh, if they don't have all the entries in to reach the $1.2 billion, they have what they call a second chance drawing, and they award the prize anyway. So they do award the big prize every year, no matter how many responses. This is Rick Franzi,
1: and you're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. I think we have a little technical difficulty with our guest, Daryl Lester. We're talking about all things Publishers Clearinghouse. His book, which is recently published, is titled The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearinghouse. And we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back, hopefully, with Daryl back on the line to continue our conversation.
5: Yeah, are you there. There's something positive about the word up.
1: Welcome back live to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, Daryl Lester. We have him back on the line. He's the author of The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearinghouse. And no, ladies and gentlemen, there was no conspiracy. No one blocking out his number. We just had a minor technical issue here in the live radio show, So in the studio. So um, let's get back to the conversation about people that win. Hey, it's understandable. People that win the lottery, not everyone can handle that instant fame and wealth. And it and so that's not anything that's unique in my opinion to the the sweepstakes the publishers clearinghouse was running Daryl that's just that's just a function of who wins and that's purely a luck right that's correct yes. yeah so so in no way does that impugn their product or their or their sweepstakes it's just it's interesting to me that so many people even after all the issues that they had with the lawsuits are flocking back and turning in the publishers Clearinghouse uh response to the sweepstakes it seems like that is uh, not as
3: step. many people are entering now or buying as they used to for sure the company is no longer uh, you know uh, ultra profitable although it's still around its the last remaining sweepstakes marketer uh, direct mail marketer around anyway uh, but uh, it, it's back to being a modest size company let's just say that
1: okay so if someone would like to buy your book how do they find it online? Where should they go to buy The Naked Truth About Publishers Clearinghouse?
3: Okay, a couple of ways. Uh, you could simply Google PCH Book. That's all one word, PCH Book. That'll take you to my website. You can order it there. Or you can simply go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and you can uh, buy it there, either Kindle version or a paperback version. Uh, and if you want, you could Google my name, Daryl Lester, on LinkedIn to get more information about me, and I do some uh, part-time consulting these days, strictly part-time, though.
1: So how do you spell Daryl Lester, Daryl Lester?
3: Daryl Lester, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, and Lester is easy, L-E-S-T-E-R.
1: You know, you... You've covered a lot of ground. The book is an interesting read. Thank you for making the commitment to getting it done in face of some level of adversity, at least some resistance to having this book published. It is an entertaining read, ladies and gentlemen, and if you want to learn more about the naked truth about Publishers Clearinghouse, then I suggest you find the book online or, or get a copy and, uh, and sit down, and, and it's an easy read that I think you'll find enjoyable. Daryl, I really appreciate all the time you've given my audience here today. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community.
3: Thank you, Rick, and I guarantee your listeners are going to enjoy the book.
1: Thank you, have a good day. Bye-bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I was excited to have him on the show. He did teach us a lot. At least I learned a lot about Publishers Clearinghouse. I have a better sense for who the company is, and uh, private companies can be very secretive. They don't have to be the Publishers Clearinghouse. Many private companies keep a lot of information inside the business. Uh, the goal for the show is, though, to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision making skills and also bring on people who we think you would find interesting. We wouldn't be able to do this radio show if it wasn't for our advertisers people like Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts, our producer is Crystal Nunley, Kathleen Shepard is our guest coordinator. Our so- social media manager and marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani is our live events coordinator. VP of sales, Rose Chamora. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to say and announce that we've hit the, a major milestone with our podcasting site. We've exceeded 500,000 visitors to our website since we put the site up five years ago. I'd like to thank all of those loyal listeners who visit podcastpodbean.com for the CEO peer groups.podbean.com for our downloads. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or want to refer our future guests, please advertise or advertise, <laughs> please advertise or advertise. Visit our website, Critical Mass for Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction.